transformation has taken place in their house and I'm so grateful for her. So Pastor Leanne, are you there? I'm here. Hi, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Great. You can, what do I have to do to be seen? Don't worry. You got it? I'm asking to start your video. Okay. There we are. Hi, everyone. Hi. Well, first off, thank you so much, Marissa, for including me in this. It's an honor to be able to speak with everyone. Hi to all the friends I know and all the ones I'm just getting to know. Um, thank you uh, to Rachel, who just shared. What an incredible, incredible testimony. I love that. I haven't really thought about that particular scripture in that context before um, and spoken with such eloquence and heart. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to listen to that again, actually. So thank you, Marissa, for including me today and also giving me the opportunity to hear that last message. Hope you guys are all having a good time. You can hear me loud and clear, right? Yeah, good, okay. Okay, beautiful. Can you hear me? Sorry, I've just had a few people saying they can't hear. Is that is it all good? Yep, excellent. Okay, double thumbs up. Still getting used to all this technology, you see. Well, um, I was just thinking about what I wanted to share with everyone today, and, and I always want to bring fresh bread, and I felt the Lord say um, Isaiah 55 was the passage of Scripture that I was to share from and really just bring something for this season to all the girls listening and watching. Honestly, I haven't, I haven't really spent a ton of time in Isaiah. I tend to like the Gospels and Judges and Kings and Chronicles and all those action and adventure stories. But lately, as I've just been really listening to what the Lord is saying, I've found myself reading a lot from the books of the prophets and the church builders. And so that's how I ended up in Isaiah 55. And I just want to read a few thoughts from this particular passage of scripture and then share some, some teaching that I have that I think is going to really apply to our today. It's amazing as we see what's happening in the world, how, um, you know, it, it really is coinciding with what has already happened. So King Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And isn't he correct? So what we're seeing today is, in fact, history, history repeating itself. But Isaiah 55, 1 says this, and I think it's one of the most beautiful passages of scripture. It says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. And I love that because straight away what it does is it creates an opportunity of invitation to every person. I love our God because he is an inclusive God. The invitation goes out to everybody. So right now you may be feeling, what do I do with my quarantine time? You know, I've got more time on my hands. Maybe you have less time on your hands. But at the same time, our God is giving us an invitation to come and be refreshed in his presence, to be refreshed in his word. And this word spoken by the prophet Isaiah was spoken at a very significant significant time. The time was Israel was in captivity. They'd been embroiled in a whole lot of sin. The world literally was a very dark place at that time. And so as a result, there are a whole lot of favor and blessing that they weren't living under. But even in a time like that, a time of deep 
deep darkness and rebellions against God, God is still creating and paving a way for his people to find him, to, to stand under an umbrella of blessing that is unusual. And so right now we're seeing the prophet Isaiah speak the word of the Lord to the Israel people. And he's saying, I have my arms open, an open invitation. Everyone who was thirsty, come to me. And I love that it says, come by and eat. Yes, by milk and wine. So what I love about our God, and this is something I want you to capture today, is he doesn't just say, well, here's your glass of water. That'll get you through. Yeah, hey, it's really boring. Doesn't taste like anything, but that's all you need. How how beautiful is our God that he says, I'm going to give you milk and wine. What does milk symbolize? It symbolizes nurture, symbolizes nourishment. It symbolizes the very thing which makes a baby grow from a little wee baby up to, you know, a, a functioning adult person. But he doesn't just stop at milk, at nourishment, at nurture. He says, I'm also going to give you wine. That's that which is delightful that which is intoxicating, that which brings joy. And there's also a risk attached with that, attached to that wine. Of all the things, God, how risky are you to actually say to your people, I'm going to give you milk, that which nurtures and makes you strong, but I'm also going to delight your soul with something that may not have a ton of nutritional value, but at the same time, it's going to be delightful. It's going to be intoxicating. It's going to do your soul good. So I want to remind you in this season, God just isn't invested in your ability to grow in strength as a child of God and be nurtured and be nourished, but also the soul part of you is so important. I think sometimes it's one of the parts of us that we can neglect because we think, well, that's selfish or that's pleasurable. But uh, quite clearly here, the prophet Isaiah is saying that's a part of you that matters to God. And quite honestly, I would say to you at the beginning of the year, I felt the Lord tell me pre-corona, pre-COVID-19, that he was going to uh, deal with a spirit of fear and anxiety in his children, that he was going to, to uh, build up a new generation that was not marked with fear, depression and anxiety, but marked with the joy of the Lord. And who would have thought pre-corona that this would be the vehicle that God would use in order to bring wine to his people. Sometimes we think, well, everything has to be perfect in order for us to be joyful and to experience joy and experience that and taste and see that the Lord is good and enjoy the wine that the Lord is bringing. But it's actually in the darkest times of life, the most confusing times, the times when we feel the most powerless, that God offers us to drink from his cup of beautiful wine that will bring you joy in the midst of a hard time. I love just how, how poetic the prophet Isaiah is and prophets tend to be poetic people. And he says, why are you spending your money on that which does not satisfy? Why are you buying bread that does not satisfy? And I think in this season, if I can speak prophetically right now, even though God is not the author of the coronavirus or COVID, that definitely comes from the pit of hell itself. He will use it in order to better his children. The Bible tells us clearly in Romans 8, 28, now all things, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And so in this season, what God is doing is he is taking us through a journey as his kids, as his church of reprioritizing that which is of true value. And it's amazing that even in this quarantine season, as much as it's been so difficult, that families have come back together again. 
husbands and wives have had more time maybe than they want to even be spending together, spending time together again. Churches have had to find unique ways to connect again and understand the true values of uh, uh, is not so much a service as it is a relationship, connecting with people. And we've realized what is of true value. And I believe just as Isaiah prophesied then, we are living in those times right now. It then goes on to say in Isaiah 55, listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Now here's an instructive, teachable moment in this scripture right here. Because right now there are a lot of voices contending for our ear holes. A lot of images contending for our sight. But right here, Isaiah is bringing a warning, if you will. Listen carefully to me, says the Lord, and eat what is good. So I want to put it out to you today to take stock where you are getting your nourishment from, your soul nourishment, your what are you letting your eyes look at and your ears hear. There's a whole lot of fake news out there. There is a whole lot of even Netflix shows and different things that are not going to do your soul good, that are not going to nourish you. Make a decision during this time that you're going to listen carefully to the Lord. What is the Lord saying? You know, there are a lot of people out there and, and they would maybe say something that I used to say many, many years ago, but I, I don't know how to hear from God. I don't know what God's saying. I want to hear, but I can't. It's, it's actually so simple. I came to a realization many years ago that God wants to speak to me. And when you take out the mystery, when you take out the pressure or even the formula and you just go, God, I know you're my loving father and you want to speak to me. Let me have ears to hear what you're saying. The Bible says if we ask the Lord for bread, will he give us a stone? And so often for me, it's as simple as going, God, I know when I ask you for bread, you're going to give me bread. What is bread uh, um, uh, indicative of in the word? Well, the bread is literally the words from heaven. It's the word of life. It's the word of God. So when we say, oh, Father, give me bread, he will speak to you just as he's spoken to me. Even in putting together a word for you today, ladies, I literally said, Father, I thank you that you're going to give me bread to feed to these girls. And that's when he gave me this scripture. Philippians 4.8 says this. And, you know, it's a scripture that many of us may pop on now our refrigerator as a reminder or be able to know off by heart because we learn it as a kid as a memory verse but it's a time to really know it and allow ourselves to to stand on it and walk in it in this day and that's Philippians 4 8 whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable whatever is excellent Whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. You're not going to do yourself any good feeding yourself a diet of fear and anxiety or trash and filth during this season. You are worth more. You are not a garbage, respect, uh, 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 you are not a garbage receptacle ready to take whatever trash the world wants to feed at you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. When you see yourself as that temple, you will be really mindful of what you allow in. If I can be as practical as possible right now, with many people having a lot of time at home and Netflix just to click away, be really careful what you're watching. Jürgen and I, a um, couple of weeks ago, started watching a new series and it became really clear really quickly that that wasn't going to do us any good. It was full of all kinds of nudity and sex and violence and all that kind of stuff. And we're just like, you know what, is this going to help us? Is this good? Is this true? Is this noble? Is this excellent? Is this praiseworthy? Nope. 
So off you go until we found something that actually did our souls good, that made us laugh, that made us think, but wasn't going to fill our minds with filth. So in this time, listen carefully to what the Lord is saying. What is he saying? And eat what is good. The next thing that I want to bring to your attention is where it says in this same chapter, Isaiah 55, and, and if you will, just take some time to study it and let God speak to you about what he's saying through this very prophetic, very relevant passage of scripture in the Bible. It says, let the wicked forsake his way. And if I can be honest with you, yes, we are clothed in righteousness. We have become the righteousness of God in Christ. But there's always little parts of us that are trying to take back take back little areas of our life, the fleshly parts that we need to keep putting to death. And it says, let the wicked forsake his way. And I believe in this isolation time that we're going to go through a season of reckoning and repentance. And can I be very honest with you? Repentance is not a one-stop shop. It's not, I walk forward on an altar call, I surrender my life to Christ and I never need to repent again. I wish that were true, but we live in a fallen world. Yes, you belong to God, but sometimes there are moments when we take little pieces of our life back and we have to repent, come back to God. I'm sorry. What does repentance mean? Literally changing your way. God, I, I'm sorry I've walked in my own ways. And I found that during this isolation season, we're, we're in this confined space and it's like a lot of those attitudes, a lot of those fears, a lot of those insecurities, those areas of selfishness, maybe anger and rage are able to sprout forth and we can see them really clearly because we've never been around our kids so much and our husband, we've never been it and we're not able to escape like, like we used to be able to escape. And could it be that the Lord is using this season of isolation to get his beautiful, gracious, merciful microscope on those very things which are trying to destroy us from the inside out. I know for me many years ago, and even to this present day, but if I could use an analogy that is a little more extra and dramatic. As a young woman, I was in a season of isolation. I had two little toddlers. I was yet to, to have a vehicle of my own. My husband and I were very poor. It meant I spent a lot of time at home with my two young babies. And I found that in that season of isolation, I had to deal with the fact that I was a very angry, rageful person. And it was like the Lord allowed me to go through this season and put me in an environment and an atmosphere where this would manifest so I would deal with it. And so maybe you find yourself in that position today. And, and I got to the point where, you know, I made my, my husband's life miserable, my kids' lives miserable, and I was miserable. And I got to the point where my husband just about despised me because of the way that I would operate, my attitudes, my rage, my anger, my resentment, my bitterness, they were out for all the world to see. And I felt the Lord come to me so beautifully and gently in that time and say, Leanne, you don't have to live like this. Because I believed a lie that this is who I was. Well, I'm just a passionate, feisty, fiery person. And this is who I am. And this is how God made me. But God had to really kind of shine his light. And God never shines his light to condemn, but to reveal. And God only reveals things, only shows things, only reveals things to us so we will deal with them and we can heal from them. And God is not a God of condemnation but he's also not a father who turns his back on the very things which are destroying the children that he loves. So he came to me and he said, Leanne, you don't need to live like this. 
you can be who you were truly created to be. You can be the best Jesus version of Leanne. And it was simply, it was just enough of him simply reminding me that I possessed the seeds of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that are listed in the book of Galatians. Now the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And I needed a reminder that all of those fruits lived on the inside of me. And change didn't happen overnight, but I, as I resisted the enemy's ploy to lose my cool and make my family hate me, uh, day after day after day, eventually I found, oh my gosh, I, I'm changing. I'm becoming a new person. I'm not, I don't lose my cool. I don't spank the kids for no reason on, you know, like on, at, at the, the slightest little agitation. I'm not screaming at my husband. I'm not bitter and resentful. And, and it was amazing. That change happened the minute, number one, I acknowledged it. Father, you've got to acknowledge it. A lot of us like to pretend or excuse. But here, the Bible is saying, let the wicked forsake his way. What way have you been walking in that the enemy has been able to piggyback on and bring destruction into your home? And so I had to be honest with myself, Father, I repent. Just like the book of Acts tells us, repent therefore and turn back to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And isn't that beautiful? God doesn't ask us to repent so he can rub our faces in our mess and our mistakes. And let me encourage you today, we all have, have made mistakes and we all have areas of weakness. But at the same time, God doesn't leave us there to, to stay in our mess. He says, come to me and I'm going to show you a better way to live. And I'm going to wipe away all the residue of your mess. And then that scripture in Acts goes on to say, and times of refreshing will come from the Lord. And so when I allowed the Lord to come in and touch that place in my life that the enemy had had a real, a, been really able to bring so much destruction into my relationships, I found everything started to change. So right now in this isolation season, I wonder if in your life, God is putting his spotlight so gently. God is not just a truth God. He's a mercy and truth God. His mercy goes first and then his truth follows. But where is he shining the light in your life? What area do you need to forsake? Maybe it isn't a latent anger and a bitterness. And I know many great women have gone before me today in this, po- in, this, in this podcast who have spoken on how to get free from some of those things and how to let the Lord heal you from the inside out. Take those tools and in this season, let this not be a time of isolation, but a time of consecration. What areas is the Lord speaking to me about right now? What parts of me do I need to forsake in order to become the person that I truly am? And I want to tell you, 27 years in, I am a very stable, rational person. I would say very even-tempered. I would, I would even go so far as to say that is one of my greatest qualities. And yet there was a season in my life I was defined by my rage, defined by my anger, defined by my feistiness. What era of your life is the devil trying to define you by now and say, this is who you are? You're always going to be an anxious person. Oh, you're just a worry wart. Oh, you're just, you know, you're just passionate and feisty. Well, really, is it passion and feistiness or are you just mad? And do you need to surrender that, that part of you to the Lord and let him fill you again and remind you that the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit live on the inside of you? Okay. 
And then really just as we, we come to, to a close, I want to just keep speaking again on that same scripture, Isaiah 55. And it says uh, in verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which it was sent. In this time, I want to remind you that the word of God is not unactivated in a time of famine, in a time of plague, and in a time of darkness. And in fact, it shines all the brighter in those situations. God's word works in a famine. What words are you speaking over your family? What words are you speaking over yourself? What words are you speaking over your health? What words are you speaking over your financial future? The Bible says, King David speaking, oh, put a guard over my mouth, O Lord, so I will not sin with my lips. Can you sin with your lips? Absolutely. And it's not just dropping the F-bomb that's a sin. It's speaking something that is faithless, something that is unbelieving, something that has doubt over God's ability. This whole series that Marissa has put together or, or this day is about what is possible with God how we can have faith in God in this season. And faith is something the whole world is needing right now. We don't need another naysayer. We don't need somebody else telling us how bad the world looks and how terrible everything is and this is the end of the world. We need women who will rise up in faith and declare the word of the Lord. God's word works in a famine. God's word works in a time of great darkness. It is the light. What does the Bible say? It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We can be walking through the darkest day, but the word illuminates the pathway that the Lord would have us walking. What scripture do you need to find to speak over yourself? Like, what are you facing now? What is your struggle? Is your struggle a struggle of faith? Is your struggle a struggle of frustration over everything that's happening? Is your struggle a struggle of fear? Is your struggle a struggle of anxiety or depression? Dear woman of God, pick up your Bible, and dig and become a miner and find a word of God that you can shoot like an arrow into your future. I love that it says in Isaiah 55, and this has got to be now one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it's got everything. It's got joy. It's got expectation. It's got the extravagance of God, not just meeting our needs, but, but, but lifting our souls and giving us delight in, in a season of great of great fear and anxiety when others are down in the dumps. We know we can trust in the Lord. Not only does he give us milk, he gives us wine because he loves us that much. But he says, my word shall accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And please don't read the Bible without emphasis. Read the Bible with emphasis. It will prosper for the thing which I sent it. It will accomplish its assignment, girls. I've seen it in my own life as I've walked through trials, as I've sent out God's word on assignment. It has always prospered. I, run, I wonder if we could shift our dish and realize every time we speak the word, we are sending God's work out on, on assignment. We are sending out heavenly spiritual battalions, army forces in order to do battle, to bring God's word to pass in our situation. Don't grow weary in doing good. Maybe you're not seeing change happen overnight. That's all right. All right. The Bible says, though it tarries, yet it shall come. It will surely come to pass. It will not tarry. Keep shooting that word out in that environment or into that area or atmosphere that you're believing to see shift in. 
the word of God works, but you've got to work the word. And then I want to just prophesy over you right now, because the end part of this scripture, again, why it's become one of my favorite passages. It says, for you shall, shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. What are the two things that are under attack right now? Joy and peace. And yet the promise of God here, and we know that the, the word of God does not fail. The, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And he says, for you shall, shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And the beautiful thing about these two particular attributes that God is wanting to bring into our lives is that, is that they, they still work in any season. Joy, you don't need to be in a season where everything's up. You don't need to be on the mountaintop. You can have joy in the valley. You can have joy in the pandemic. You can have joy even in the midst of the greatest trial. I want you to understand today, God wants to bring joy into your life. And I'm going to pray for a, a new measure of joy to fill your heart today. But then also peace. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. See, the world's peace is, is conducive on how men are behaving. Is, the whole, is everybody getting along? Is King Jong-un getting on with, with Donald Trump? Is, is Angela Merkel getting on with Boris Johnson? It doesn't matter. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace that has no other qualifications. He said, I'm going, I'm going to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, but my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Can you receive it today? Is it as simple? And I heard the lady before me talk about how we have to just receive the presence under the tree. The gift of peace is just simple, simple as a simple as saying, Father, I receive your peace. God, I, I know that, that Jesus gave it to me when he left and I receive it today. I reject anxiety. I reject fear. I reject depression and I receive your peace today. I receive it. You can have peace even in the midst of a storm. And then it says the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. This is significant for me. What is a mountain? It's a rock. It's a piece of flipping rock. What's a tree? It's wood. It's a piece of flipping wood. So when the rock and the wood, when the trees and the mountains are responding to the joy that the Lord is bringing, how much more for you, God's precious creation, flesh and blood, the one in whom it was intended for. If the trees and the mountains are responding to the residue of what God is pouring out, think about what that's doing for you and I. The trees, we, the mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is a beautiful scripture. Because when creation cries out, when creation cries, and you are the, you are the crown of creation. You, you, are, you were created in, in, with God's bare hands, the Bible says, and God breathed into man the breath of life, and, God, and man became a living being. He spoke the trees into existence. He spoke the mountains into existence. But you and I got the personal touch, and then God breathed. He formed man. He got in there because he loves you. You're, you're the crown of creation. So if even the trees and the mountains, the wood and the stone are crying, can't help but come alive with praise to the Lord because of what is being poured out in this season, how much more, you and I, will you take some time today to lift your hands to the Lord and say, I receive, Lord, I receive your joy 
and your peace. It's just a matter of receiving. And we don't come to God as a beggar. Our sweet former preach, uh, speaker who was just on, Rachel, I love what she said, that God transformed her life from one of religion to one of relationship. She could have a relationship with God. It's a beautiful thing when you understand you don't have to come to God as a beggar shaking for scraps. You come as a daughter, not a beggar, a daughter. What does a daughter do? Daddy, daddy, give me peace. Daddy, give me joy. Clothe me in the garments that you would have me wear. God has not given you a garment of depression. God has not given you a garment of heaviness. He has not given you a garment of fear. He has not given you a garment of anxiety or night terrors. He has given you a garment of peace and a garment of joy. And it's so evident, the Bible says that even the mountains and the trees are clapping and shouting and bringing forth into singing. How much more, you and I, the crown of creation. And then finally, it says, instead of the thorn shall come up, the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and I love this because those two uh, plants that the Bible is talking about are significant number one instead of the thorn and instead of the thistle who wore the crown of thorns for us it was Jesus Christ himself he took the curse upon him so we could be redeemed from the curse glory hallelujah so instead of that curse instead of those thorns which are not productive which do nothing but bring pain god says instead of the thorns the thorns of sin the thorns of mental anguish the thorn of death the thorn of sickness sickness i'm giving you the myrtle tree and the cypress tree now the myrtle tree is known for its great beauty it's tall it's beautiful it has the most stunning flowers and it even gives off fruit so instead of the court curse of the thorns god says to you i'm giving you that which is beautiful i am making you beautiful i'm making you fruitful i'm making you stand out i'm making you an example that the whole world will gaze upon and say wow how lovely how magnificent are the daughters of god not only that the cypress tree did you know that the cypress tree gives off these has the strongest wood even stronger than that of cedar so not only are we going to be beautiful and fruitful and lovely and stand out in the world. We're also going to be strong and productive. We're going to produce something of value. Maybe today, because of what's happening in our world with COVID, you've been furloughed, you've lost your job, or you've lost some of your income. I want to say to you today, the prophetic word of the Lord, as spoken by the prophet Isaiah for today, is that you are going to be like a cypress tree. You are going to produce that which is of value, that which the world wants to get its hands on, that which is of great strength, that which is of great value. You are going to be a producer. I prophesy it over you today in the name of the Lord. Not only will you be beautiful and fruitful, but you are going to be a producer. You're going to produce something of great strength and great value. Do not let the enemy set the atmosphere over what your future is going to look like because of this COVID-19 season. Receive the word of the Lord today. I'm speaking to you prophetically. Instead, instead of, uh, sorry, I'm getting text from my son. Instead of a, a, a crown of thorns, you are now a cypress tree and a myrtle tree. I want to tell you today, God is in control. This scripture tells me that Back many, many thousands of years ago, when the Isaiah, prophet Isaiah spoke um, the word of the Lord, that this word was for right now. God's word works in a famine. 
It's necessary in a famine. Grab a hold of it, turn off the fake news and turn up the faith news. God has something he wants to say to you about your future. But I want to end with this. I want to pray for people. I felt prophetically, even as I was coming onto the call, that we've got some women here and there's been a level of anxiety and fearfulness just because of the lack of control. And first of all, I want you to not feel condemned. It's something many people have been feeling as a result of this season. But just because you're feeling it doesn't mean it's you and doesn't mean you have to accept it. We need to release that to the Lord today and only receive what he has given us, peace and joy. But I believe the enemy has been attacking some of you at the point of anxiety and the, and the point of fear. And you've, you've, you've said to yourself, oh, God, I, I thought I dealt with this. I, I thought it was over. And yet here I feel it bubbling up again. You know, fret not and fear not. It's the way the enemy works. It's, it's literally just the reverberations or the symptoms of a former battle. And the same way you got rid of it last time is the same way you will get rid of it this time. The Lord's with you. And in fact, it will be an even easier task, I hear the Lord saying. It'll be easier than last time because you've got the skills. You've already fought this battle. It'll be an easy giant to take out again. So if you would now, wherever you are, just lift your hands to the Lord. I just want to pray for you. Because at the beginning of the year, pre-COVID, like I told you at the beginning, God spoke to me and said, this year I'm going to deal with fear and anxiety in my children. And this generation will be marked as a generation who walks in the joy of the Lord, just like the book of Nehemiah tells us, and the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And we've got to remember that all these scriptures were spoken in a time of great distress, captivity, isolation, and trauma. God didn't speak this when they were all hanging out church together, singing Kumbaya, and everybody was lifting their hands to the Lord and the world was a happy place. These words were spoken in times of great devastation, trauma, and chaos. And they work in these seasons just as powerfully as they do in any other day. So lift your hands to the Lord so I can pray with you. Father, I thank you right now for your precious daughters that you love. Father, I thank you that you left us with your word, God, the greatest roadmap that you and I could have for times such as these. Father, I thank you that we do not need to fear for you are with us, just as King David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Father, I thank you right now for a great and prevailing knowledge for every woman that you are with them. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty, there is joy. Father, I thank you right now for joy. Father, I thank you that you're filling your daughters with a great spirit of joy and peace in this hour. God, that they would not walk out of this, God, under having lost ground, but rather having taken ground, having stood their ground. Father, they would come out strengthened. And Father, just as you spoke to me at the beginning of the year, saying you were going to deliver your daughters from a spirit of fear and anxiety. Father, we are standing on that word right now and we receive your gift of joy. We receive your peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So keep uh, praying that over yourself and really just, just, just do a study on your own. God wants to speak to you. God will speak through others to you. Yes, but he has something he wants to say to you. Use this time to become a digger and a miner in the world. Sure, Netflix is, is great for a little bit of, of entertainment on the side, but, but make your source feed from that which is good. God has something he wants to say to you. So let's turn this time of isolation into a time of consecration. God bless you. Thanks, everyone.
Thank you, yeah. Julianne. Thank you. That was beautiful. It was 